I thank you kindly for firing up the podcast system. That's cast with me, podcast system. With me, lovey. And yes, that is my real name. Every episode, I tackle something new in the world of politics, pop culture, race, and the lack of relations. Be sure to subscribe and enjoy every shady moment. Be hashtag blessed, y'all. We all have vices, and one of mine is the purest of pure trash TV. And nothing is trashier than 90 Day Fiancé and all the iterations that have emerged from it. Before the 90, after the 90, my mama and the 90. It's all so good and enjoyed best late at night with a chill glass of Savion Blanc and a side platter of shade. Today, we're going to dig into the world of love and loving one from another country. What does that mean, and what do we learn about the elitism that comes with the American title when searching for love in all the other places? I'm bringing back Brother Jake for this conversation. He's not a fan of the show, but as my trapped house guest, sometimes he has no choice. Jake, are you ready to throw down on the topic of love, lust, and the American way? I am now. <laughs> when, I, when I woke up this morning... I said to myself, I can't believe I'm being roped into this thing. This is nonsense. I, I hate, I, I don't like this stuff. You know, when, when I come in your room and you're watching it, I'm like, you know, you got to change the channel. Man, you and... sit there for at least 20 minutes. I, I... And then after 20 minutes, you you start in with the, why do you watch this trash? That's only if there's some eye candy on me now, first of all. We're all not... right. Here we... so, That's a whole so... other episode. Well, we'll deal with that when we deal with that. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, I'm thinking about this show and, and the topic that you pose. And what I did naturally was, uh, you know, I looked and I said, I'm going to look in my books and see what I can come up with. You mean the 10,000 books that you brought back with you from Harvard when you moved in here? That you didn't help me carry? Well, you know that there's a reason why I didn't help you carry them. You got a little, you know, testy uh, when we're on the elevator. Well, I mean, you didn't do exactly what I told you to do. Anyway. All right. So we'll leave that aside. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> so you you giving me this traumatic experience <laughs> so basically by be gone and let's get back to so you were looking through your books what did you find out so i said what can i offer as some comments about the relationship of money and love okay and so there's so, some quotes from from marx that that i've always wanted to share with the world and talk about <laughs> that 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 you know, the topic of today inspired me to bring on the air. Go ahead. What are you going to okay, say? so I'm just, you know, the people at TLC, the producers, I think this might be the first time ever that someone is referencing Karl Marx when it comes to 90 Day Fiance or any other show that they produce. But I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So let's hear it. Well, you know, it, it actually made me think a, a little bit about my own life as an intellectual and the extent to which by removing ourselves from the everyday cultural experiences of the people, we sometimes lose a sense of what's going on in the world. Okay. Right? And, 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 and it's too mediated by books. But that's another topic for another day. We've got like 10 topics already and we're only five minutes into the show. 
Well, you know, we'll give the world what we can give them. We've got a lot of time, apparently. So anyway, so but, you found you found something that was worth sharing yeah, with so, everyone. So this is this is my immediate thought. Okay. Well, this is the thought that I'm bringing in by way of Marx. Right. Money's properties are my, the possessor's properties and essential powers. Thus, what I am and am capable of is by no means determined by my individuality. I am ugly, but I can buy for myself the most beautiful of women. Ooh. Therefore, I am not ugly, for the effect of ugliness, his deterrent power, is nullified by money. I, according to my individual characteristics, am lame, but money furnishes me with 24 feet. Therefore, I am not lame. I am bad, dishonest, unscrupulous, stupid, but money is honored, and hence its possessor. Money is the supreme good, therefore its possessor is good. Oh, wow. And so that was actually not a bad quote to use from Marx to describe kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, it was a good quote because okay, it's what got a, me in the studio today. I said it was not a bad quote. Take a compliment when I give it to you. I appreciate it. All right, you're welcome. So one of the, one of the couples, and I know that, you know, this is the part where you're like, do we have to do this? Yeah, we have to do this. So there's a couple in the show in the latest iteration of it before the 90 days. And if you don't know the show, don't worry about it. You're not missing much, but, you know, we'll try to go through it as much as possible. So there's a guy named Ed. He's 54 and he meets online a beautiful young woman named Rose and she's 23 and from the Philippines and she has a child and, you know, strong family values. Is, is this the, the, the guy seeing all these memes with the no neck? <laughs> yeah. All right. I just need some context here. So, 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 so Ed, no neck. <laughs> so Ed is lacking in neck stature. Yeah. Is, Ed is no neck. And uh... what I'd like to say, let's be a little, you know, genteel to his physical... Imperfections. I think the technical term Marx uses is ugly. You, so <laughs> I heard you there. Yes, and so and which has a deterrent power, <laughs> nullified by money. I mean, so so sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to bring in some technical philosophical so, jargon to to okay, heighten. So the, uh... <laughs> so basically, this is a balance. This is a balance of some, you know, I'm a little more pop culture and he's a little more Marxist, whatever. So this guy gets off the plane and he meets this beautiful woman. And the first interaction is obviously, you know, he's like, I lied to her and I didn't tell her how short I was. Oh boy. And I also didn't mention the fact that, you know, maybe I might have used a filter online. And so she's really not getting a pure image of him. But this dude has the audacity when he gets to the Philippines to constantly judge her and say, I think she's only with me so she can come to America. And I'm thinking, obviously, Ed, what is wrong with you and what is wrong with that? You were looking online and it wasn't like he was looking for women his age. He wasn't looking for other women who are, you know, fully in their careers and are looking for a second marriage. He found a 20 year old. There's a legit 31 age difference. Hmm. And he's judging her from the minute he arrives and says, I don't know if she loves me for the right reasons. So Ed sought out someone from a relatively less a significantly less well-off country than the United States. And he knew that. And he knew that. And knows that, that America is a huge attraction. Mm -hmm. And that his money as a well-off American is a huge attraction to people coming from more impoverished countries, let's say. Yes. Right? And then when he got there, all of a sudden was shocked 
by the possibility that the only reason she wanted to be with him was with his money. But then it didn't end there. You would think like, okay, fine. He he wants to filter out whether or not she's in it for the right reasons. But then this fool has the, you know, like the nerve when they are together in a hotel, he starts saying things like, well, you know, I need for you to shave your legs because I just don't find that attractive. And I'm looking at Ed like, Ed. So I've seen the pictures of the two of them. Um, if he's going to use the language of attractive, he, he might need to slow his roll if he's talking about her being not sufficiently attractive, right? Because the, the, the imbalance there is something I've never seen before. But wait, this, this is where it gets really good. So she invites him to stay with their family in the Philippines. And, you know, the sister owns a shop and the dad, you know, he's a protective father. So he's like, I'm going to spend the night with you guys and make sure that no, you know, nothing inappropriate is taking place. She has a son. He spends one night there and he's like, I'm ready to bounce. And he's saying, I think she's using me for my money. And I'm like, you can't make it one night in the place she lives. And she's welcomed you. They brought you food. The whole nine. And he can't even pretend to be interested in her, her family, how they're raised, anything. And the first thing he wants to do is hop on a plane and go to some remote island and take her away and then offers her sexy lingerie as a gift. Now, why couldn't he spend more than a night in, in, in her home? Because he's bougie. Oh, oh, what was his complaint? He said that his 500 count sheets that he mailed from the U.S. hadn't arrived. He said that the ceiling was leaking. Okay, there might have been like a half dead rat that ran across the floor, but you know, they, well, uh, okay, all right. You know, you <laughs> biased me a little bit with the last one. <laughs> um, as a New Yorker, you know, you see a rat and 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 you run. They're like house right? pets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> be friendly if you know. Not in our, not in our house. But Michael um, Jackson had Ben, and you know, they're subway pets. But uh. <laughs> So, so he's attacking her for being superficial, right? Yes. Materially superficial, yet at the same time himself is being materially superficial by saying he can't spend time in her home and also seems to be unwilling to learn about who she is and her cultural background and gain some insight into her character. That's the other thing. And so that kind of leads me to this other couple. And they kind of all represent, I think, the biggest issue that I have with these these couples on these shows is the lack of cultural appreciation, right? So you have these Americans who actively search out partners in life in other countries, all whom happen to be younger than them. It's very rare that you find a couple other than the missionaries who are of similar age. And then they have the audacity to say like, I just don't, I don't appreciate the way your mother um, makes me wear clothes that cover my shoulders. And it's like, wait, wait, but what did you think was going to happen when you went to a predominantly Muslim country where everyone is covered in, you know, respectful clothing? You know, this is very interesting because it always makes me think about the obsession Americans have with traveling abroad and with foreign cultures that seems very one-sided, right? And it's a function of their consumeristic mentality where the rest of the world exists to satisfy the tastes of Americans, but there's no sense on the part of the Americans when they go abroad to sort of actually engage or understand in, a, in an equal way, in a symmetrical way with the cultural um, milieus that they're that they're stepping into. It's like 
I'm not going to change. And in fact, you know, I saw a couple of clips of one of the I episodes. I was watching last night. No, I was. Mm-hmm. I found a new episode. We'll talk about this later. I found a new show. It's really, really good. Um, <laughs> it's, my Wait, new, it's my new guilty present. What show? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, we'll find out after. <laughs> That's on the next episode. But anyway, um, so, so. And so it's about, you know, it's a, it's a cheesy show about love, too. Oh, but gosh. Okay. More to my like. I see what you mean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Young people. And <laughs> young, beautiful people, okay? Yes. No, Jay. Nobody coming in with no neck on my show. Stop. I'm sorry. So, okay, Ed, Ed, no neck. Um, but no, so, so you know, I'm watching this episode, and which one was, was, was the episode that I was just watching? What was it, with the Michael, the Nigerian? No, 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 no. Not no. the Nigerian. What was the other one? Oh, yes, no, the Nigerian one, The lady where the lady was like, you know, basically was very resistant to taking on board any of his cultural oh, norms, yeah. right? And You're was not going like, to control me. I'm an American. I don't care what your cultural norms are. Like mine seem to, yeah. No, but so so this so we're referring to, and there are actually two or three couples who are very similar to this duo. So Angela, fifty four, Michael is from Nigeria. He's thirty years old, and they're you know they're madly in love, TV ish. They actually got married this summer or this winter. So the two of them are together, and when Angela comes to Nigeria to visit him, the first thing she does is she's criticizing him and Michael. You have to quit your job because you have to be available when I call you at all hours. So he legitimately quit his job so that he could pick up her phone call every time she reached out to him. Okay, that's useful because when he was saying that she was controlling, I didn't have any background to that. So now I understand a bit more. And so he introduced her to his friends, you know, the kids that he grew up with. They all meet her and immediately they're like, Angela is crazy. Angela is too controlling. And... Angela curses them all out and says, you don't need these friends in your life. They're trying to misdirect you. And he's just, you know, falling to his knees at every step of the way. And you're kind of like, Michael. And then it gets even more interesting. So then his mother gets involved and everyone has to approve the wedding and the marriage between the two. And Angela is, you know, she's approaching 55 plus and they want to have kids. He wants to have kids. His mother wants him to have kids. He's 30 years old. And Angela's like, well, we'll figure out something. And basically says, let's lie to your mother. I'll get my daughter to carry the baby so that we can get married. Wow. And he just says, okay, okay. You know, I'll do, I'll do whatever because I love you. And the whole time you're watching this dynamic of these two and you're like, what? Is this love? Is this is this control? Like, what is it that brings these two people together, right? Is it his desire to come to the United States, which he makes very clear that he wants to do? Her desire to have a partner in life and have somebody in her life, you know, who's willing to take her aggressive tendencies. This is very interesting because, you know, it makes me think even more generally about it makes me think about the fact that in a certain way she's corrupting him mm. when you have to when you're telling someone that they should abandon their friends they should lie to their parents this isn't love because who a person is right. is the totality of their experiences 
and their relationships. And if you're saying abandon your culture, abandon your parents, abandon your friends in order to be with me, then you're corrupting the person. You're not in love with the person. You might be in love with their body, mm -hmm. right? Or in love with the idea of being with some young man, some exotic young man from a foreign country, but you don't love him because mm. you don't care about him. You don't care what made him who he is. The person that who he is on the inside that, you know, runs through his head every day when he's living his life. So do you think in some way, because a lot of cultures, people get married for various reasons. There are arranged marriages, there are marriages, you know, for family convenience. They're all, you know, like you've got what I need, I got what you need, we get together. But in the U.S., I feel like everything is the storybook. Yeah, that's, you know? a, that's a huge thing. And, and you see this with the very pomp and circumstance that is the nature of weddings in America. I mean, yeah. the, 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 these huge... Go broke. I've always wondered this. You know, you hear people spending $100,000, $150,000 on a wedding, just which is really just a party with your friends. But not even. It's a party with your parents' friends, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you get four you, or five you get a few of your, of your friends. friends to come in, and you're like, eh. <laughs> and, and, and it makes you wonder, well, what's going on here? Is this a demonstration of love? Or is this an opportunity to signal how rich and powerful you are? Or that, that you're better than everyone else because you managed to secure this kind of a relationship that seems so highly valued? But it really is a, it's an interesting institution. It's a very interesting institution. And it's, because it, it also begs the question, right? So you have all of these people on this show, which the whole premise of the show is is intriguing. Like, who who's signing up for the show? Like, who wants to have their complicated love, quote unquote, lives aired on TV. That's a whole different discussion. But you have these people who are actively searching outside of the U.S., right? So, you know, shoot, I live in, in New Hampshire. The thought of trying to, if I were single, trying to date somebody in Florida would just be like, that's too much. If you were single, you would not be living in New Hampshire. That's another story. That is true. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Well, you know, I, could, I said it. She didn't say it. I didn't say um, it. <laughs> I mean, we're New Yorkers born and bred, right? So so to end up in, in a place like New Hampshire, it there's gonna, there's gonna, love, love better be playing a role there. That's right. Um, and it, right? That's right. So, right. So that's a particular story but yeah i do wonder why are they going abroad now what the stories you've told me it doesn't sound like the reason they're going abroad is because so some stories i hear it's a friend you know I, i've heard stories from friends who move to china and and, and fall in love with a chinese person or right. move to india like but they're like they're obsessed with that culture they're really into that culture like they live there for a couple of years and so when they end up dating someone from that culture it's because they, they were have internalized it. that cultural milieu. It's something that that, that value. Milieu. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try. Um, it, it's something that they value, right? But the people you've mentioned, it seems like they just wanted to hop in and pull out a person from that society and wanted to tell them to leave behind everything that made them who they are. It is so true, though. I just I mean, want your body. It almost feels like get out, it, right? It doesn't feel like get out. It's get out. It's get out. And it is literally get out. Get out of your country. You Come now 
Your body is now under my American possession. My culture will inform who you are. And, and it's almost as if they don't think that there's any value to the world that these people come from. But it's an own, I mean, it's a level of ownership. There's a level of ownership that takes place once these people commit to a relationship, right? So, so one person, it's always like, well, you have to move to the U.S. because it's just better here. And then they do. And then the minute that anything goes wrong, the American counterpart in the relationship says, you know what, if you don't get your act right, I'll send you back. And there have been at least three or four couples in this show. So you know that this stuff is happening among other relationships like it, where then there, there's the constant threat of I'll send you back. I'll put you back to where you came from. I own you. You know, it's almost like a parental thing. Yeah, it's a it's a romantic imperialism of a sort. You know, one of the things that I found interesting is the way in which the people in these foreign countries who um, the Americans pursue end up be, seeming to be much more willing to accommodate the Americans yeah. than the Americans are willing to accommodate them. In a lot of different ways. Right. In a lot of different ways. And it's... It, 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 I, I and, don't what, what, understand What, what it. explains that? Why, why is there this asymmetry in willingness to accommodate the other between Americans and people of other cultures? I don't know. And it's, it's interesting because when you also watch and you watch the, you know, the friends who show up on the episodes, all of them say, well, you know, the American women are very demanding and the American women are very this, that, and the other. And the, you know, women from our culture aren't like this. And trust me, I'm not saying that should be the case in terms of women from other cultures. And I don't even think that's necessarily the truth, but the way that they present in terms of how they dictate the relationships is really bothersome to me. You know, it's, it's, and at the, at the same time, like you have these men who go and find like their young, beautiful Ukrainian wives, right? And then everyone looks at the woman as if she's a gold digger, she's a trophy wife. And then the man stands there with his, you know, eye candy on the side. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, she's the one in the relationship who can speak two languages. She's the one in the relationship who can adapt to a whole new country and assimilate and, and, and you know, is looking to find a job. These guys and these women go to other countries and immediately they're like, oh, what am I supposed to do? This shower doesn't work. You know, why is there not enough toilet paper? Like, wh what's going to happen? Help me. And you're like, why did you come here? Yeah. You know, you, you generate so many thoughts. I end up getting overwhelmed. It's okay. Um, I do that. I do that sometimes. Yes, I know. <laughs> but, 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 but speaking to this um, cultural asymmetry, mm -hmm. one of the things I'm interested in is you go to this other country and you start making demands on, uh, on these people that you claim to want to fall in love with. You. Right. What I don't understand is you're a person who had to leave your home country. Well, Because clearly... You weren't attracting anyone in your home country, right? Because your, your home state, your home city, your it, county. As we can already see, these people aren't interested in, you know, someone from Tunisia or, or, or Nigeria or China or Philippines because, you know, they have a longstanding history and appreciation. cultural appreciation of that culture. That's not the case here, right? That's a different story for a different day. This, These are people who clearly seem to have failed at love and relationships in America and have thought they can go abroad and succeed there. And what that kind of person 
amounts to is what you would say in technical jargon is a pathetic person. Wow. Right? They're, they're pathetic and they're ugly and no one likes them. You're so foul. So, I just mean it in a very technical sense. I mean, they failed. I right? may not say it exactly in the same way, but I see what direction you're heading in. I mean, I've been single my whole life, but that's a different story. You know, yeah. I'm too different. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do a whole mm-hmm. episode on me or two or three or four. Well, but yes, there'll be a series. A series, you know. The, the Jacob, Jacob the love, series uh, on love and damn you, why didn't you call me back, et cetera, et cetera. But and, yes. and why did I pick up your call on the first ring? Yeah, um, yeah, don't respond to the text so fast. Well, you know, um, what do you want to do? <laughs> Maybe I'm pathetic. But, uh, <laughs> no, much. But, but, but no, they, they, they are pathetic. But yet somehow when they, you know, the whole history of their lives seemed to suggest that they're not cutting it here. Right. They're not cutting it in the dating game. They're not cutting it in the relationship game. And I'm not knocking anybody who's having a hard time in the relationship game. But when you step into another cultural domain and you walk around with this sense that you're owed something. Your nose up in the air. Yeah. And that you're better than people. That's enough. When your whole hit, your whole life has been telling you that you aren't better than people. I'm wondering what's conditioning that. Listen. What allows them to say to themselves, I am better than these other people? Is is it some you know deep inner self-confidence or... Or is it the opposite? Or is it the opposite? That they're taking advantage of their status as a white American, their status as an American in general, their status as a well-off person. No, you're right. To try to gain the favor of someone who is naturally attracted to Americans because of the power and prestige that is traditionally associated with Americanism and Americans in the world, in 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 the modern era. But then it's just be open and honest about it. Yeah. You know what? Just be open and honest. Listen, I couldn't cut it here in the States. Everybody I dated actually had, you know, minimum level of standards when it came to me being an asshole. So I decided to pretend to be somebody online and I went to another country and then I wanted to say, you don't love me for me. You know what's attractive (laughs) is genuine vulnerability. Yeah. Not manipulative vulnerability, because some people use vulnerability Man. to manipulate you into wanting to care for them and take care of them, you know. But but genuine vulnerability. Express I'm not your perfect. fragility. Yeah. Express the, 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 the pain that you've suffered. Express the longing you've had for love. This is not what's going on with a show like this. No. And you would think that's what the point of the show is. Like, you know, I, I have not been able to achieve what I've wanted in life in terms of relationships. But and I'm learned. trying something different. I'm trying and, and the funny thing is the people that they're pursuing are so accommodating and yet they they're treating it. they're treating them as if they're mere means to their own end right i mean and and, and truly if people did care and wanted to make changes and learn from their past mistakes and relationships and said, okay, you know what? I clearly don't vibe as well with my American counterparts because whatever the reasons may be, I'm I'm attracted to women from here. I'm attracted to men from there. And I want a younger, whatever, whatever it is. But you got to put in a little bit of effort. So please don't show up to, you know, uh, a country where the person that you claim to be in love with speaks another language and you want to meet their family and you didn't take one Rosetta Stone class, they're offering discounts. Like, you take a class. Do it online. You could do that stuff on the flight. You could learn some basics. Show a little interest. You know, show the same level of interest and expectation that you're putting out to others 
that you think are going to just fall to their knees and want to be with you forever. Which is funny because, of course, all the people that end up on this show from foreign cultures, from what I can tell, Two uh, seem to speak English. Yes, they do. Perfectly. And that's and, and, and quite well. Better than some of my students at Harvard. Um, he said that. Well, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a good thing. The semester's almost over. Harvard doesn't pay me anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm not on the payroll. <laughs> and you won't be next year if you keep this up. I'm, on the, I'm on the debt roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a new kind of game, the debt yeah. roll. <laughs> but, but no, you, I think you're absolutely right, which is show some appreciation for the other culture that that you want to sort of step into. And that's the key to building a healthy relationship. Now, the other part is this, uh, and we had talked about this a little bit ago, which is no relationship can last in the long term if there are not significant points of cultural continuity, right? Or or, or points of common cultural reference. And doesn't mean you have to come from the same culture. But you do have to have a common background of cultural experiences that allow for fluid interaction. And, 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 you know, you got to know you have to have an appreciation for similar movies, for similar music. Right. Like the books, you know, you have to have an appreciation that my family is going to be loud. Yeah, that's that's something that you have to value. Every friggin event. That's who we are. That's what we are. It is what it is. And if that's a deal breaker than done. You know what I mean? Like there are just certain things about certain cultures. And if people come in already saying you can't do that and that's not okay. And I don't like it when you do that. And uh, that's not how I see things. Then you're in the wrong place. See, this is, we should have a conversation about cultural, what it means to be a true cultural cosmopolitan. Yeah. So, you know, I've never actually left the country except for one trip to Montreal. And we spent the whole time in a car (laughs) and, and at clubs, but never mind that. Yep. Was it 18 over at least? Well, certainly, Jesus Christ. Of course it was 18 and over. Um, but, 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 so, was you were Jesus saying, you, Christ. I know, I know, I know. We can, can. We, can we edit that out? Yes, we can. <laughs> what kind of... Yes, we can. <laughs> can I sue you for yeah, that? Yeah, you can sue me. Do I get a portion of the house? You already have a portion of the house. You live in it. I want equity. Fine. I want half, Eddie. Have you seen I want half, Eddie. Eddie. I want half. Okay, I'm suing you. You degraded my name. I I came on this show. And and you said, okay. And we're also like sweating in here because it's like a hot box. It is a sweat box. box. And and round trees are known for sweating. We sweat. Um, We sweat. I once had to give this one presentation in class. And I was sitting right by the window and the sun's just beating on me and the I whole time I'm just dying. dripping in sweat. I know you were dying. So everybody must have thought that, you know, I was like nervous and unprepared. <laughs> now I was nervous and unprepared, but it looked a whole lot worse that I was dripping in sweat, you know. Dude, I gave the matriculation speech at show. I gave it, I was like eight months pregnant with Eli. So I was already quite rotund and just internally hot all the time. Mm. I got up on stage and it was 95 degrees outside. So it was 105 degrees in the chapel. And the whole time I'm like wiping my face. No, like nobody had a fan and so they were like your speech was great but are you okay you just kept wiping your face and i was like 
Follow the drip. They don't Follow understand the, the infinite sweat. You know that 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 might be my the name of my my bio my first biography autobiography is the infinite sweat. You know, <laughs> you know, play off uh, the infinite jest. Uh, you See, know. we've already forgotten about the inappropriate comment that I made earlier about you and clubbing in Montreal. Yeah, that's, I I did that deliberately. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about that. You see, that that's an exercise in changing the subject, guys. You're very good I, at that. I, I, yeah, I should do a master class on that. But I'm also very good at bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, bring it back and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bring anyway. Back the lawsuit is what we're going to do. But um, what were we talking about? So oh, so, so cultural cosmopolitanism. Right, right. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of my friends, well, not my friends, a lot of people I went to school with. There we go. And a lot of people I've taught in school, they travel the world. I mean, it's obsessive in American culture to travel the world. I know your family does it all the time. I never get invited to any of these trips to Denmark and France go. and Which, England right, right. So and Spain and, well, yeah. you know, and... Anyway. Okay, either way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not You came to the video that one time. Moving on. Moving on. Yes. So so back to the, the real point. I, <laughs> I'm really actually about to start tearing up. But, uh, <laughs> You're invited but, to the next trip. <laughs> All expenses it's, paid. It's, all yeah. expenses paid. <laughs> all expenses paid in 2025 when we can finally leave the country again. Well, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Um, no, I missed the boat on that one. I should, I should have. You should have my tears uh, mm -hmm. a year ago when yeah. they when they could have meant something. But it either way, what it is, you know, this is obsessive culture in America to travel the world. But what I don't see on the part of these people who are so interested in traveling the world. Is a deep appreciation for uh, the cultures. It is. It's. It's, it's like. Actually, it's like going grocery shopping. No, it's no, like no. I want this thing. I want this thing. But you know what it is? It's actually the opposite. Mm. What it is, and you know, I've seen on the trips that we've done, the kids and I and Matt will sit, and we'll go through. Okay, in this country, it is typical that you do X, Y, and Z. So in Japan, we don't hug people without making sure that they want to be hugged. That is not typically how it's done. You don't just immediately go over and, you know, maul somebody that you don't know. There are just certain things that happen in certain countries that are not seen as... Yeah, so can I tell you a little story? Oh, God, what did so you do? when I was at Milton Academy... Lord help me. A little cultural faux pas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I had this running banter with a friend of... A guy who lived in the dorm, mm -hmm. right? This is when I was at Milton Academy boarding school in Maine. Okay, we, you said Milton. We get it. Yes. You went to boarding school at Milton Academy. Oh, I'm not being bougie. They kicked me out. No. Um, <laughs> and they asked you to leave. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was awkward. Was it awkward? I, I've never experienced awkwardness. But either way, yeah. they asked me to leave. But that's not the story here. Yes. This, the story is there's this guy from South Korea who I had this running banter with. You know, we just, you know, uh, regularly attack each other just as a... Uh, Fun play. People... You know, friends do. Yeah. And one time I think I went a little overboard. Touch. And I touched him. Oh. And I think I may have touched his face. You that know, like, like a little light slap. Mm -hmm. And like kind of like mocked him or something. And uh, I don't know where this came from, but <laughs> he became Jackie Chan and Stop. flipped me over and <laughs> threw me into a table. <laughs> and... and <laughs> First, I've never all, told anyone else this story. First but of all, I've never... Okay, A, I've never heard this yeah, story. Yeah, this is, this is the first time. B, you said Jackie Chan, and you said he was from Korea, but, like, we'll we'll hash that out after this episode. I don't know any South Korean martial artists. Neither do I. Yeah, exactly. So okay. Jackie Chan is the most... Yeah, yeah. Closest... Okay. Bruce Lee? I mean, come on. You know, no, stop it. Saying? It's getting worse. It's getting worse. What are you going to say? <laughs> 
<laughs> so he kicked your ass after you touched his face. Yeah, he, no, he whooped me. <laughs> he whooped me. I mean, it, I don't even think he just threw me on the table. It was, it was like, uh, it was like an out of body experience. Like I was, I was flung left and right around the room. <laughs> so not that we've I, got off topic, but yes. Yes. So the the, the moral of well, the story Well, you know, it'd is... be nice if that actually happened to Americans or, you know... But that because doesn't... that doesn't happen. But There's you know no what? price paid for being, uh, you know, to just step on people's cultures you know and to show is? no respect. You know what it is? It's almost like it, I, I'm, 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 I'm being enlightened right now in this hot-ass room. It's almost as if other countries see us as children. Mm-hmm. And they look at us and they're like, they don't know any better. So they give us passes and we continue to take them and ruin them. Like when you go abroad and you see the difference between some tourist groups versus American tourist groups, it is mind boggling how we get away with some of the stuff that we do. I'm like- They don't just see us as children. They see we have money. They well, see us true. as having money. And and and, and that's- and, Maybe that's what And, and I think that's why they allow us to get away with this stuff is we have so much money and so much power. and. The problem is Americans misread that as people actually appreciating them and, you know, appreciating the BS that they bring, right? And I think that's dangerous. Yeah. There's a lot of misreading. Regardless of the misreading or or how other countries see us, at some point, we're going to have to figure out what this all means and really look inward at, at how we as a culture, as how we, as people, view love, how we view... You know, because listen, as as long as you're honest and upfront about what it is that you want in a relationship, I think that's totally fine. If you say, hey, I want a younger, beautiful, quirky, not too damn smart, because I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm inadequate, partner in life, and I will bring to the table the money, the connections, all of that stuff, if that's what you want, then say it. But also realize that those initial things that you want from another person and that they want from you will not be sufficient to sustain a relationship. Your preferences cannot be the grounds for a long-term partnership. No. You have to build it together. And so when you see these people on TV, you know, in these shows, feeling frustrated and feeling as if they've been wrong, that they didn't get what they wanted, it's because they walked in with these erroneous expectations. Right, like legitimately a list. Yeah. I want, and it's like, wait, wait what? what? This is not an Amazon order. Like you can't, that's not how this works. But it's also true about our culture around romance generally. Yeah. Right? Every people movie. walk around with, and, and people watch too many movies. I think these movies lead people to think that love happens immediately. People think that they're going to find this perfect person who is just exactly what they want. No, a perfect relationship is something that's produced by conscious effort on the part of both parties. Yeah. Or more than one, more than two parties. I mean, okay. We're changing. Yeah. No, it's 21st yep. century. It's, 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 it's it, right? the newer day, the, the day. younger people. And that actually will lead to <laughs> a future discussion when we follow up on the topic of dating a la Tinder. Oh, yes, I do want to talk about that. Since you are the expert, and and I am just... I mean, compared to me, you are the expert, okay? So I want to thank everybody for listening today. And, um, you know, hopefully when you watch these shows, you watch them with, you know, a clear eye. You're watching and not judging the people who are coming from different countries outside of the U.S. Because I'm going to be honest, I think that they are the victims 
in a lot of ways in what we see and they're being used and sometimes these shows make them look like the bad guys and i don't i don't think that's the case so to be continued could i say two things i mean you're here so yeah first thing is is that that is actually the interesting thing is it i don't know what the intentions of the producers of this show are but it does make the americans look like fools right and, and 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 but i don't know if the intention is to sort of you know, expose the base character of people in foreign countries who are willing to, you know, pursue love just for, or, or to to claim to be in love just for the sake of money and 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 becoming an American citizen. Right. You know, but whatever it is, the, the Americans end up becoming the ones who look bad at the end of the day. Can can I read some more marks? You can finish off with something from Marx. Yes, I shall allow it. All right. Um, I'll change uh, language a little bit. Assume man to be man and his relationship to the world to be a human one. Then you can exchange love only for love, trust for trust. If you want to enjoy art, you must be an artistically cultivated person. If you want to exercise influence over people, you must be a person with a stimulating and encouraging effect on other people. Every one of your relations to man and to nature must be a specific expression corresponding to the object of your will of your real individual life. If you love without evoking love in return, that is, if you're loving as loving does not produce reciprocal love, if through a living expression of yourself as a loving person, you do not make yourself beloved one, then your love is impotent, a misfortune. I feel like Marx really went through some stuff. Oh, he, he went through some stuff. But um, I thank you, Brother Jake. I thank you for showing up this time. It's been much appreciated. <laughs> I think it's time for us to toast a glass and finish off the night. Good night, all. Thank you to our host, Clovercrest Media Group, Kev from BK for our visual arts, and the fire intro song, Filthy, by TVP Records. Podcast system.